Chapter 21 of What the Boys Did Over There by Henry Fox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Dardanelles Campaign by Sergeant M. L. Nicholson, number 3736, 10th Liverpool Scottish, B.E.F. At the outbreak of the war, I enlisted in the 10th Liverpool Scottish Regiment, B.E.F. It was at 2.30 p.m. on September 14, 1914, I went into the recruiting office and offered my services. The captain looked at me and said, I am afraid you are too young. I was then 17 years of age. With tears in my eyes, I walked out only to meet my six pals who were in kilts. One of them, Vic Gordon, said, Come back at five o'clock and try again. So I made up my mind I would get in the army at five o'clock that day, and I was accepted, I think because they were so busy in the office that they did not notice me. Well, I went home the day after with my knees all bare, perhaps for the first time since my childhood. My folks just roared and laughed at me, saying you will never make a soldier, and a lot more things that made my scotch blood boil. I stayed at home for three days before I was called, and then, only then, did I know what being a soldier meant. The first thing was to learn how to turn and salute. Then came a route march around the country for ten miles. It was no joke with great big army boots that weighed about 15 pounds. It seemed that much to me. After being in the army for about four weeks, we were brought to the fields to drill. What I could not understand was that they put cows and other animals into this big field the night before, and that field was just terrible for a man to walk on, let alone lay down in. We were all wondering what we were going to do, and I can tell you it wasn't long before we found out. The captain came up to us and said, All right, boys, we are ready for some drill in this field. You should have seen the look on some of the boys' faces. I may mention that some of them were bankers and lawyers and even millionaires' sons. I heard one man say in a typical English way, Oh, isn't the army beastly, old man? Of course, not being used to army life, it would make any man swear, but as the days rolled on, we all got used to it. They moved us from a place called Slop Field in Liverpool to a place called No Man's Field in Blackpool. Every day it rained we would go on this field for extended order drill. At any rate we became used to army life in what I thought a very short time. It was November 1914, about seven o'clock, when we arrived at Southampton and were put up for the night in stables with damp blankets to cover ourselves. After that night, I began to suspect something. 
i just sat down to think that they were breaking us in for france we were in this place till december third and at twelve that night we sailed for an unknown destination we arrived at a place called la Havre, france there i met with an accident a horse kicked me in the right leg and put me out of business for a month that was my start to see real life i was fixed up by the red cross and sent to a battalion called the lancashire fusiliers we left france and arrived in london january tenth they gave us ten days leave and packed us on a big liner called the alania we left on this liner and i did not know where i was until we arrived at gibraltar we were there for five hours then set sail for malta we received orders not to leave the ship as we would not be there more than twelve hours and that twelve hours seemed like twelve years we could see all the people in shops but we could not get to them we sailed away from malta to an unknown destination about one hundred miles out to sea we received orders to turn back on account of the submarines being very active around that district but an hour after we received that message we had orders to proceed on our journey and all the way we could see dead horses and boxes floating on the water we were told later that a ship had been torpedoed a short distance in front of us we were out three days when we sighted land and believe me it was a treat as the drill on the ship was very bad the boys had to scrub out their bunks and the decks and others had to keep watch all night for the little devils in the water anyway it was a great relief when we disembarked at alexandria egypt it was some place i met people from all over the world we were taken over to the barracks and a very funny thing happened i was in charge of twenty-four men and let me tell you they were all roughnecks i asked one how he liked the place and he said oh i would like to be in the b hotel playing a game of pool he had just time to get those words out of his mouth when a man with a big cigar in his mouth put his arm around his neck and shouted tom my dear brother you should have seen how they hugged and kissed each other for about fifteen minutes all this time the rest of the boys were trying to make out the arabs they were visitors looking at us with open mouths we had our drill on a desert with a broiling sun on us all the time we left alexandria the latter end of march nineteen fifteen and arrived at lemnos a greek island later used as a hospital base after we left lemnos in a convoy of about fifteen ships we arrived at our destination the dardanelles all that we could see in front of us was a great big hill later we found out they called it camera hill the spirit of everyone was good 
we were issued two hundred rounds of ammunition and carried our packs on our backs all that i could hear from the boys was we will take that hill by the morning little did we know what was in store for us orders came to disembark so we all helped to lower the lifeboats and climbed down the rope ladders into them i was all settled down with the rest of the boys to make a clean landing without the turks knowing up came a tugboat and took about ten small boats in tow just at that moment we were under fire the big battleships opened up and it was some bombardment the fifteen-inch guns on the queen elizabeth let go with the rest we were about twenty yards off the beach when before my eyes i saw my comrades fall in the water boats capsizing rifles in the air and arms and legs flying around on seeing this our tug turned toward cape hellos on the right of west beach and every man made for the water some managed to get on land you see the turks mastered by german officers put barbed wire entanglements into the water they knew we could only land in small boats as the water was not deep enough for a liner to get close as the lifeboats turned they got tangled in the wire and overturned some of the boys tried to grasp hold of the wire but had to let go as it cut their hands and of course they were drowned we lost an awful number of men before the real scrap began and i will say it was some landing i did not believe i could come through this bit of a scrap when i landed i looked to see if i was all there the turks had trenches right up to the water's edge and god bless those australians they drove the turks out of the first line and gave us a chance to land i asked a chap next to me what he thought of it and how he liked it well he gave me a look enough to kill me and said well the first five years is the worst after that i suppose we will get used to it i was five days on land when i began to feel the strain of not having enough food or water water was scarce and my mouth was all blistered it was so hot we were getting a little supply of water and biscuits from the ships they came in gasoline cans that had not been washed out properly but we were so thirsty that we did not bother about the taste when i received my wound on the head i did not know what hit me but i found myself on board a boat called andania a sister ship to the one i left england in i had a big bandage stuck on my head and was shipped to lemnos i lost my memory for a bit and they called me a serious case so they packed me to a hospital in alexandria i fell unconscious again for ten hours and as i opened my eyes i could just see a pair of lovely blue ones looking down at me 
and a little motherly hand grasped mine i cannot explain the feeling in my heart in words when i saw it was a mother i called her mother because she was a red cross nurse the first thing she asked me was can i write a letter home for you you can imagine what i said i had not heard from home since i left and i told her to write and say i was all right and would be home soon i was in that hospital three weeks and every day i would ask that lovely mother to write for me as i was too weak to write myself it broke my heart when i had to leave that hospital as all the nurses were so kind to me i sailed on a hospital ship for england and was put in a hospital in liverpool my own hometown in this hospital there was a funny irish boy who had come from france and was all covered with bandages i made a pal of him and the jokes he used to tell me made me forget the pain one wednesday a lady came to see us in the hospital and looked at me saying were you hurt at the front and my irish pal answered for me saying no ma'am sure he tripped over a matchstick and sure a fly kicked him oh he was full of the devil on leaving that hospital i got a month's leave to recuperate and spend it at home i was recalled for service at the end of the month to my delight as i wanted to see some more fighting i was attached to the second battalion of the tenth liverpool scottish and we were detailed to go to france end of chapter twenty one